I, I do a podcast. I'm not, I'm not interested in your podcast. The anathema of God was for those who denied justification by faith alone. When that is at stake, we need to be on the battlefield exposing the air and combating the air. We are unabashedly, unashamedly Clarkian. And so the next few statements that I'm going to make, I'm probably going to step on all of the Vantillian toes at the same time. And this is what we do at Simple Reform on the radio, you know, we are polemical and polarizing Jesus style. I would first say that to characterize what we do as fashion is itself fashion. It's not hate, it's history, it's not fashion, it's the Bible. Jesus said, Woe to you, and men speak well of you, for their fathers used to treat the false prophets in the same way, as opposed to, Blessed are you when you have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. It is on. We're taking the gloves off. It's time to battle. All right, I want to welcome everybody back to the podcast. This is Semper Reformanda Radio, and my name is Tim Shaughnessy. So it's been a while since we've done a podcast. Um, Actually, uh, maybe about a month or two, and uh, things have been pretty busy. But uh, I am here today with my co-host, Carlos Montijo. So, Carlos, uh, let me just welcome you back to the podcast and say hello. Yeah, hey everyone, it's good to be back with you, Tim. Um, I know we've been a little bit out of the loop with the podcast, but I know we've been busy, got a lot of uh, personal stuff going on, and uh, I know you just had a baby, and uh, my youngest was born on April, so and I've been very busy at work, and as you can hear, my child is coughing. We've had to deal with sickness and things like that, so... Um, but it's good to be back on the show. Got a new microphone. I'm excited to test it out. Um, really, we have a lot of stuff to cover, and hopefully, we can start um, dealing with some of these topics that we've been wanting to address for a while. We do. We do have a lot to cover. We're not going to cover all of the serious topics today. We are going to really have a a light episode today. We're going to read through some emails. And uh, yes, Carlos, you are, you're right. We just, uh, my wife and I just had our fourth child, Owen Declan. That's what we, that's what we decided on. Um, I wanted Declan Owen and my wife, uh, <laughs> she, she wanted Owen Declan. So um, he's doing great. Uh, uh, you know, he's been busy because my daughter just turned two and She's having a rough time adjusting, so uh, I've really had to step in and just try to manage with with her. But uh, it's it's such a blessing. He's he's healthy. We're happy. We're busy, uh, like you said. So today uh, we want to get back to the podcast. Um, our goal for next year is to uh, do the podcast more regularly. Um, and right now, what we want to do is we just want to go through some emails, uh, get everybody caught up to date with where Semper Reformanda Radio is at, where Thorn Crown Ministries is at, tell people a little bit about some things that we've got planned for the future that we're trying to work towards. Uh, so Carlos, uh, where should we begin? I mean, you wrote the show notes for today's episode, so 
I'll let you uh, take it away. Yeah, um, we can start with, uh, well, I guess we already started with the personal updates, and I think uh, we are, given that it's the, you know, so the Saturday following Thanksgiving, we have a lot to be thankful for. Um, I know we certainly have a lot to be thankful for. I'm grateful for you, Tim, and for being able to, uh, you know, doing the majority of the grunt work with the podcast. And I'm really excited about Thorn Crown Ministries, where it's going. We've been moving a little slow. I know that um, we haven't been able to um, put out things and, and roll out updates the way that I would like to, at the pace that I would like, but uh, we're slowly starting to get there. Uh, we have a lot of updates to announce, actually. Uh, so we can actually talk about that now, I guess, um, and uh, kind of go through the, the uh, some of the, the, as we go through the emails, I'll be able to um, comment on them. So the, a lot of updates have been going on the website. We have, um, I'm starting to, I made some updates to it with respect to like the tagging and the, um, the, the categorizing and the tagging of the articles and the podcast episodes so that it, they're more relevant. So if you click on a tag, like say, uh, you know, a certain topic like uh, justification or Piper or things like that, um, it'll show you all of the relevant uh, posts and, and podcasts and articles to uh, relating to that topic. So I've been working on that. Um, uh, we've also, I'm also working on putting out our first newsletter. I know we've had a growing list of subscribers uh, to our website, which I'm very excited about. I'm very grateful for you all who subscribed. And if you haven't already, you still can. Obviously, you can just go to thorncrownministries.com. You can uh, sign up uh, with your email. And um, I'm working on the first newsletter. I was supposed to get it out, you know, a couple months ago, but I just I got really busy at work with uh, got way behind on an account. I, I, got, I got pulled into an account that was like a year behind. And so I've been slammed at work and haven't able, been able to do much uh, on the on the website. But um, I'm, I'm almost done with the newsletter. So uh, be on the lookout for that soon. Um, and we have a lot of a lot of really good articles and uh, episodes coming out. Uh, recently by basically everyone on our network we've got lots of good stuff lots of good content i know steve matthews he's been publishing uh some really good articles uh dealing with a lot with the current events and you know the state of affairs and and the u.s and things like that and uh, uh pastor hines we've been really thankful for him he's been very consistently putting out really good stuff and uh um i finally finished uh part two of my john piper article uh, critique and that, that actually was finished like back in September, I think. And um, that, that was part, the newsletter was going to go out to kind of announce some of that stuff, some of those uh, updates. But um, so, yeah, if I finished part two of the critique. I know I know we've been wanting to do an episode on that, kind of cover some of the fatal flaws that uh, John Piper's theology um, leads to. And so we've got a lot of a lot of that stuff coming up. Um, I've, we've also got tons of topics that we want to discuss we, we just have a lot to talk about and it's just been piling up and but i know we need to get through emails first and we're going to read we're going to try to get caught up with emails on this episode and well before we get to the emails i just want to give a big thanks to pastor hines <laughs> he is blowing up the network i i can't keep up with uh, well you know when i asked him to come on to the podcast and and do a podcast and like just formalize it. He was already doing this stuff. And if you go to Sermon Audio, he has like over 600 
sermons on different topics. Uh, I mean, he could literally put out three episodes a day and he'd still be covered for a year. Um, now my math isn't bad. I'm saying, you know, in a year he's going to put out another over 300 new episodes. And so, you know, I, I, I know there's 365 days in a year. So, uh, you know, with, with him coming on now, the stuff that he's putting out now, in addition to the stuff that he already has, I mean, he could, he could blow up the network and, uh, we love it. I mean, he's, he's, uh, tackling so many issues that are so important. He tackled the revoice, uh, conference. Uh, so, I mean, if you, if you want to hear some good stuff on that and he was, his commentary on it was very well done. Uh, be sure to check that out. Um, you know, Carlos, uh, we're going to have to maybe get into this in a little bit because he, uh, he just did some episodes on, uh, infant baptism. And, uh, have you had a chance to listen to those yet? Uh, not yet, but I definitely plan to look into that, especially given, uh, the recent episodes that we had with, um, uh, with, with Patrick Hines himself and with, uh, Brandon Adams. Uh, we had a really good debate, you know, not too long ago. And that was one of our top episodes actually. So it's still one of the top episodes on our website and um, our follow-up interview with Brandon was also excellent it was really eye-opening learned a lot of things and it kind of made me realize a lot of interesting um, issues uh, in Presbyterian Covenant theology so I know we're very excited to talk about those things uh, uh, coming up right now and but before we get to that I actually did want to mention some so some of the I wanted to mention some of the articles that I had specifically, uh, some of the things that I wanted to mention. They're going to be part of the newsletter, um, if I can find oh, Here it is. So we have, um, yeah, and I think uh, Kaufman was also starting a new series, right, The Diving Board? Yeah, it, so Kaufman is like in the same boat that we are. <laughs> he just got super busy at work, and uh, I touched base with him. Uh, he, you know, basically we're all in this for the long term. So I told him, I said, there's no, there's no need to feel the pressure to put something out every single week. Uh, you're in it for the long term, for the long haul. I mean, we love Tim Kaufman. We, we plan on partnering with him, uh, you know, for the, just for the, for years to come. So, uh, you know, as soon as he's not busy with work, um, he's going to get back to it. I mean, the same thing with Steve Matthews, uh, Tim Kaufman, Steve Matthews, you, me, uh, we're, we're all, we all work secular jobs. Uh, pastor Hines, he's a, he's a pastor. And so he might be able to address these topics and these things in a, in a quicker manner, but, uh, Kaufman is doing great. He's, uh, he's going to get back to it whenever he can. And, um, and I really want him to get back to the eschatology stuff, man. That is, that is really, really good. And, uh, and you know, one of the things I love about our network is we are all in agreement about the gospel and the essentials of the faith, but, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I think it'd be interesting to hear, uh, pastor Hines talk about eschatology because, uh, he, he has a different take on it. And, um, you know, it'd be interesting to set up a conversation between Tim Kaufman and, and pastor Hines on that. Uh, but I love the fact that, you know, we, we've we got Reformed Baptists and we've got uh, Presbyterians and we can just, um, you know, disagree about certain issues and and carry on. So, uh, but 
I'll let you uh, get to those articles. What were you? Uh, what, what articles did you want to highlight for us today? Yeah. So one of the things I'm really excited about are um, the network that we've got going um, at Thorncrown because we kind of cover the whole gamut of you know the entire sphere of intellectual thought uh, society. I mean, we have Steve Matthews. So one of the articles, some of the newer articles from Steve Matthews, he talks about like the Bible. Uh, uh, actually deplatformed the tech left's attack on free speech and why Christians should object. So it covers a lot of current events, politics, you know, uh, economics, a lot of really fascinating stuff. And so Pastor Hines as well, given that he's a very well-established uh, Presbyterian pastor, uh, PCA pastor, and he's got excellent uh, sermons and critiques of, um, you know, the, the like you mentioned, the, vo- the Revoice uh, conference and things like that. And so, uh, you know, Tim Kaufman, he's just been amazing with his um, awesome, you know, episodes and, and articles on eschatology, which has been fantastic. And I still need to go through those more carefully. And, um, you know, his, I, I his think, critique I think everybody, of Catholicism. Yeah. I think everybody needs to go through those more carefully. I think everybody, yeah. like, those are episodes where you have to sit down and rewind and do study notes. I mean, they're intense. Yeah, so we and you know we suffer from an embarrassment of riches here. So there's there's so much here to uh, equip the saints with and to empower uh, you know people with sound doctrine and and a, a proper view of the gospel. So I'm really excited about a lot of the the, the content that we've been putting out. Um, from I'm really thankful for the brothers that you know we've partnered with and are partnered with us. And so a big hearty shout out to them and a thank you to them for all that they're doing. And so. Um, so one of the uh, one so and this kind of ties to some of the future topics that we wanted to address, that we hope to address in the in the near future, regarding especially this whole race issue, the social justice warrior um, craze that's just been going on in, in everywhere. Um, I've I've had my blood boiling for a very long time now, ever since I started listening to the entire I listened to the entire. Um, MLK 50 conference for the gospel coalition. And so I have, I've got a loaded, I've got a loaded gun and I'm ready to use it. So I'm really looking forward to talking about that and more than likely offending a lot of people. Um, and it's going to be a very incendiary episode, but I think there's a lot of things that need to be said. Um, so I'm looking forward to discussing that, you know, discussing, uh, some of the, the, giving a sort of a capstone episode on the John Piper stuff and kind of, and you know, topping that off with, uh, just, you know, discussing is some of the fatal flaws that a lot of people don't seem to have addressed um, a lot. So, you know, some people have criticized him rightfully so, and, and, you know, expressed a lot of concern. And, uh, even John, James White is starting to jump on that bandwagon, which is, you know, which is a good thing, but a lot, just people haven't really been pointing out some of the things that, um, are kind of obvious in one sense, but then you kind of have to like, you just have to think about things in a, sometimes in a different way, uh, to, to, to point them out. But, um, but yeah, so there's, there's a lot of topics that like that, that we want to address in the near future. Um, also very excited to, um, announce a, hopefully a debate that we're, that you and I will be having with, um, Brian Harrison. Uh, and in a partner that he, a debating partner that he chooses at your church, Tim, at Horizon Christian Fellowship. Uh, I think we're thinking sometime in February, right? Yeah. Um, so that's not a for sure thing on the location. I, I still need to talk to my pastor about it and ask him about it. 
Um, but if, if he's not able to do it or, um, uh, at, at that church, then we'll definitely let people know where it's going to take place. Uh, it would be you and me teaming up against Brian and, uh, whoever he picks, um, to be his debate partner. And the topic would be something to do with morality. You know, can, uh, can you have morality without God? Uh, is God necessary for morality or something like that? Um, he's, you know, we, we watched him debate with, uh, one of our friends named Justin. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I plan on interviewing Justin. He's a really upstanding guy. And, um, I think they both did really well. Um, one thing that I appreciated about Brian, who's an atheist, uh, was that he stuck to the topic and that he was very respectful. And so, um, I think it would be a good opportunity for us to debate him. And uh, I think he would be arguing from a naturalist perspective. Um, but whatever, we, we want to share the gospel. We want to uh, really defend the Christian worldview over and against these other worldviews. And I think it's a great opportunity to do that. So I still need to talk to my pastor and, um, you know, see what he says, uh, uh, we need to come up with a format and set a date, but hopefully that would be in February and it would give everybody enough time to prepare. And uh, so, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to that. Yeah, I think Brian is a, he's not a hard-nosed atheist. I think he's more of a sort of a soft naturalist. He says he's open to uh, being convinced otherwise. Um, but yeah, he was very, I like, he was a very, he's a good, he's a very good person to debate with because um, you're you're going to address the main. He likes to stick to the issue, and that's that's the most important thing is sticking to the main issue and and uh, drawing that out. And you saw the debate with him live, right? Yeah, I went to the debate. He had a debate with uh, Justin Kleist of Gospel West Ministries. You can check him out on Facebook, and I think he has a website too, GospelWestMinistries.com uh, or GospelWest.com. Uh, good brother. He he's been doing some ministry locally in El Paso, and um, in conjunction with some of the local evangelism group that we do uh with uh, kind of tied with my church and and ryan denton whom you know you know we've interviewed before right he's a local evangelist here and so um yeah he's a good brother and um so we, we've been talking to him about kind of how to best uh you know deal with the naturalist arguments and things like that so looking forward to that we're we're persuading him into clarkianism right yeah yeah i hope i think and I think we've got um, some good, solid uh, footing to work with because he, he's not he doesn't buy into some of the more extreme or some of the more hard nosed uh, Vantelian positions. So I, I think I think we've got some good promising uh, um, ally allying to, you know, with with Justin. He's a good brother. Yeah. So looking forward to working with him in the future on that. And uh, and I think we're, we're probably going to interview him and, you know, post maybe even post up the debate that he had. So. Not be on the lookout for that. Tell me a little bit more about Brian. He has a radio show in Las Cruces, and so obviously you and I are in El Paso, and uh, Las yeah, Cruces. That's a New, in New Mexico. It's about like what fifty miles away, and uh, right. And he has a radio. Is that right? He has a radio show. Yeah, he has a segment. I think on a on a it's sort of like an NPR type of uh, sh- uh, channel, I guess. And I don't know much about it. I just know that he he has like a segment. And, um, but he doesn't, unfortunately he doesn't record it. So there's, you, you kind of just have to stream it um, while it's playing. Okay. So he doesn't have a whole lot 
of recorded stuff just outside of the the debate that he had with Justin. I guess he said he was still trying to get the other people who recorded uh, his previous discussions um, that he had to to you know share it with him. But um, but yeah, it's uh, nothing new. You know, he's a lot of the stuff he says is just you know the same washed up naturalist right um, arguments. So, but. But yeah, that, looking forward to and that. And so Justin and Brian are actually going to debate as well in February, and hopefully that will be at your church, right? Yeah, um, the the plan is, I think, so far is that we're going to try to see if we can set up a debate, follow-up debate on, because first they talked about um, epistemology, uh, which worldview best accounts for reality, something like that. And the follow-up debate is going to be on morality at my church, um, the Old Past Christian Church, and El Paso, so we're gonna hopefully uh, it's gonna be him and just Brian and Justin again, and so looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, there's there's got some exciting lineups coming up, and uh, in addition to that, in February as well, I'm going to Lord willing start teaching a historical theology class at my church. So I'm really excited. I, I really enjoy uh, studying church history and historical theology and. Um, right now we've been in the process of kind of selecting what text to use, so kind of leaning towards uh, Bruce Shelley's uh, Church History in Plain Language. It's a solid one-volume, um, you know, church history that I, I really like it. Uh, so far from what I've heard, I'm, I just ordered it, and Pastor Hines actually recommended it in one of his episodes, and I got really excited about it, where he was critiquing uh, secular humanism, I think, secularism. And so that's what kind of really drew me to that. Those episodes are so good. Yeah, those are outstanding. So if you haven't listened to those, make sure you check those out. They're very good. Um, excellent. And and our goal our goal is for you to record those and then put them on the podcast, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I do plan to record those. Uh, the the you know the the classes, the lectures, so that uh, we can post them up on the on the on the podcast. Um, so be on the lookout for that. And um, so yeah, I guess now we can cover the emails. Uh, we have some emails that we got to catch up on. Uh, so I want to see if I can start with here back at. Let's see. Yeah, so we got a. Uh, I don't know if we addressed this one. This one is from John, back in uh, January seventeenth of twenty seventeen. Uh, he says, Tim, I appreciated your recent episode about your family. I will pray for you. Take care, John. I think that's the episode where you were kind of talking about your family uh, background being Roman Catholic. Yeah, man, I don't know if I if I did respond to John. Um, well, if if not, let me respond to him here. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, things got really bad with the family situation, you know. And uh, if you think about it, just pray about it because. Uh, there's a lot of brokenness and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's painful. And, uh, my extended family, they're all Roman Catholics and they, they absolutely do not appreciate what we're doing. Um, some of them are, are obviously, you know, would be more upset than others, man. I, I just, I, it's, it's personal and it's painful and I would want my family to just know that I love them. I do love them, but just for the sake of being able to get through Christmas, <laughs> I'm just not going to be able to say anything more. But uh, yeah, there there have been some some major controversies in in the family, a, a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. And so uh, 
you know, just, uh, it's, it's tough, but you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to apologize for doing what we're doing. Um, you know, it's funny because, um, I, I don't actually send these episodes out to my family. You know, they, they go looking for it and then they're offended. And it's like, you know, you guys, you know, that, that we're doing this. If you want to listen, great. If you don't, then, you know, I'm not, I'm not forcing it on anybody. So, um, yeah, uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. So thanks. Thank you to John from Cartersville, Georgia. Um, so that was, that was encouraging. I think our next email here is from a gentleman by the name of Ken Miller. And uh, we we were aware of this email before, and I think um, the plan was to address this email in a follow-up episode that I was hoping and planning to do regarding the, lo- the Lordship Salvation uh, controversy. If uh, you all recall, we did, a, I think, a couple of episodes uh, following the Peter Christian discussion slash debate we had you know, that, that you, well, that you guys had with him. And, um, I kind of followed up with, uh, some, some critiques of Lordship salvation and things like that. So, uh, we still, that's another topic that we hope to address, especially kind of, uh, sort of diving as a springboard off of the Piper issue. There are some related, you know, problems that the Lordship salvation and, you know, Piper's view of final salvation, they kind of have some overlap there. So we do plan to address that in the near future as well. Well, I think I think the Lordship Salvation issue is what's keeping a lot of people from seeing Piper's error, and I do want to get into this a little bit more when we do the Piper episode because uh, Fred Butler basically made that, uh, essentially made that claim that you know this is right in line with Lordship Salvation, and the question is, is Piper really teaching Lordship Salvation or is he teaching something else? Because in your article you actually quoted MacArthur favorably, showing that he contradicts Piper. Um, but I think that the Lordship Salvation issue, which mainly attempts to address antinomianism brought on by the easy believism and the uh, what, what the free gracers and all those guys, um, they're trying to harp on the, the threefold definition of faith, which is notitia, census, and fiducia. And I think that a lot of them are just giving Piper the benefit of the doubt and think that that's exactly what Piper's saying. Because, I mean, you do hear Piper say, you know, uh, we can't we can't uh, say, you know, you can live like the devil and then enter heaven. And, um, you know, it, it's really unfortunate. And so we do need to dig into that a little bit more. We also need to just tackle that when um, we tackle the issues with Piper. I thought it was really interesting because one of the things that Fred said was that Piper – he, he's not going to say that Piper's teaching a false gospel because Piper's not preaching a strictly Roman Catholic view of uh, justification. And I found that amazing because it's like the Roman Catholics don't teach a strictly Judaizer view of justification either, but they fall into the same camp as the Judaizers. So you can't just say, well, is this strictly Roman Catholic? Of course not. Um, but it's essentially making the same error that the Judaizers made when you when you tack on works and you say that you know you don't get into heaven by faith alone you get justified by faith alone and i've got a i've got a pretty good um way to work that out and deal with that uh we are going to cover that um and you know honestly man i hate talking about piper truth be told i i really do it's like i 
I feel like I'm telling people like your grandma's ugly, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's like I'm just insulting them because of the reactions that we get. It's a hard topic to talk about. Um, this isn't a topic that people are, you know, really saying, Hey, you did a great job. We re we really liked it. Um, there's a few people that are saying that, but it's a difficult subject. You know, I, I sort of, I don't even want to talk about it in church anymore because, uh, you know, it's almost like people weren't receptive to it initially. And so you kind of, it's like, how do I approach this again without getting people upset? So, I mean, we're going to be in prayer about that when we do talk about it, but, um, yeah. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, it's a dividing line issue. Um, it's definitely not something, it's not a secondary matter. Um, so I'm actually very grateful for the, for this controversy because I learned a lot from it. I thought I understood justification before and, um, going through this controversy helped me to realize how, how deep, just how deep the work of Christ and, and justification really goes uh, throughout the entirety of, you know, salvation in the Bible. So I've, I've, I've gotten a lot out of it. And, um, I know some of this, some of this stuff is not pleasant to a lot of people because, um, they're, they like Piper and for whatever, you know, they've been blessed by certain aspects of his ministry, blah, blah, blah. But, um, all of that is, it, a lot of these people don't really know who Piper, who Piper, what Piper actually teaches. And that's part of the, the, the irritation that I've experienced that these people act like they just got off the phone with Piper and like they know him personally, like, oh, he would never do or say that. It's like, well, you, that it's, they really don't know what he's teaching. And that's why we provided extensive articles critiquing the entirety of his ministry uh, for going back decades. So then this is nothing new for Piper. He's just becoming a lot more explicit now. And so, um, so yeah, we definitely are going to continue to hammer the point home that he is preaching a false gospel and it is a damnable heresy. So, um, so we, we, we definitely will be talking about that more. You can already read the articles, you know, we, we've, we've talked about some of them already. Um, you can check out part two, part two of my critique, um, uh, and on Thorn Crown website. Um, but yeah, and also relating to the Lordship issue, you know, the Lordship Salvation guys are dangerously inconsistent. I would say they're maybe not as bad as Piper is, but um, they are dangerously inconsistent. And I think part of the problem is that they try to, they, that system of salvation is probably the most consistent attempt to systematize the threefold view of faith, the notitia, census, and fiducia. And doing that actually leads to some serious problems. And uh, some people might take issue with that, I know, but I, we can unpack that more in a future episode because I think it's very important to point that out and how helpful it is to understand the, you know, Clark's view, the, the, the view that Clark taught of faith and that Augustine taught that, you know, a lot, that's been kind of lost with this whole threefold view of faith that has been emphasized, unfortunately, by even some prominent Reformed theologians. So, Well, uh, let me just uh, point out that I already did an, an episode on that by myself. Um, let me see, uh, which I, I tackled the, the threefold Latin definition of faith. Um, you know, I was actually going to send this episode to Paul Flynn of Megado Radio, I believe it is, because I, I recently heard him uh, talking about the threefold uh, 
Latin definition of faith and, uh, you know, notitia, census, and fiducia. But it was, um, let me see, if you want to go back and listen to it, it was uh, Semper Reformanda Radio, episode number three, doing the will of my Father in heaven and demonic faith. And uh, one of the things that I argued was that um, people butcher Matthew 7, 21 through 23, and they butcher James chapter 2. Uh, verses 18 and 19, where it talks about the even the demons believe and shudder. Um, and I think, you know, you're right. Uh, John Robbins, Gordon Clark, you know, they, they pointed out the the mistake, uh, which, which really I think is is uh, a wrong definition of faith. And, and that's it's really interesting because going back to the Lordship salvation, it seems to me that the that the easy believism guys, that they actually have a right understanding or right definition of faith it's belief and that's that's what it is um but because they neglected the doctrine of regeneration they allowed for antinomianism and so the lordship guys countered that with this threefold definition of faith in which uh fiducia or trust uh becomes some sort of extra psychological element of faith and it becomes extremely problematic, and it leads them to butcher verses like Matthew 7, 21 through 23, or James chapter 2, and they denigrate intellectual assent as, uh, as, as faith. They denigrate, and they use these weasel words like mere intellectual assent, um, you know, and it, consequently, they say things like, it's not enough to just believe. Uh, you've got to and then they say something else, and it's like, wait a minute, it is enough to believe. The problem is, is that they don't believe. If they really did believe, then there would be a change. And so uh, you, you see this, and, and it's tragic. It's like, you know, it's not enough to just merely believe. And it's like, wait, first of all, like, if you if you believe that is because of the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit, that is not just mere belief. I mean, just think about it. Like nobody's going to believe unless God regenerates them and gives them faith. And so it's not like I, it's, it's tragic when they denigrate faith as mere intellectual assent. And so we, we, we define faith in the same way that Clark would, and that is intellectual assent to understood propositions. And so, um, all saving faith is intellectual assent to propositions, but not all intellectual assent to propositions is saving faith. So obviously, you know, if you don't believe in a six-day literal creation, well, you know, sorry to say you're wrong, but, you know, you can still be a Christian. So, yeah, that's my take on that. Um, Yeah, we've talked a lot about that before. So there's several episodes we've already addressed that issue, and we'll continue to uh Specifically, I want to critique MacArthur's perspective as well because um, we never finished that. Um, I never got to finish that, so I'm hoping to finish that up as well. Um, but, but yeah, there's um, part of the problem is that MacArthur is uh, he he very poorly distorts uh, Matthew seven, and but ironically, he he has a very um, incredibly excellent commentary on hebrews 12 14 uh, which is the verse that uh, says that um, the striving for holiness without which no one will see the lord that's one of the main verses that piper um you know hammers on to justify his view of final salvation 
And MacArthur, interestingly enough, has actually a very good commentary on that verse, which is what I quoted in in my critique of Piper. So um, he's, you know, they have their inconsistencies. I think Piper is more so inconsistent, dangerously so, uh, heretically speaking. But yeah, the 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 Lordship Salvation has a very dangerous, um, and you know, they have they have a lot of issues, and I don't think it's a stable uh, view. Uh, biblical understanding of salvation and those issues that we've talked about so well let me let me ask you a question about something you said a few minutes ago you said that um the lordship salvation is dangerously use the word dangerously um and i i I was gonna i wanted to let you finish your thought so i didn't interrupt you when you said it but uh can you repeat that and can you explain that are you being um is that an exaggeration or what do you mean by that no, just that they're dangerously inconsistent. Dangerously inconsistent. So, why? What do you mean by dangerously? Like, are you saying? Well, you're kind of yeah, and you're kind of touching on something that I was hoping to publish. Um, so the the Piper critique was actually meant to be part one of an extended series of critiques of other Protestants who make similar errors, and and I was going to address MacArthur in a future article. Um, regarding his view of the, the whole lordship view, um, because he says things in his book, uh, The Gospel According to Apostles, for example, and in a lot of his preaching, his sermons, he says that in Matthew 7, that the mark of the, the believer on the final judgment will be his obedience instead of his faith. And so we've, we've, we've already, um, hammered the point home repeatedly at Thorncrown Ministries by several of our authors, you know, we've, we've communicated to people that that is exactly what Christ condemned those religious hypocrites in Matthew 7 for. They showed their works on the final judgment and Christ said to them, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, you practice lawlessness. That is not what gets you into heaven. It is not your works. Your works don't confirm anything. They, they confirm your, your, your faith in a human sense from a human perspective, but what gets you into f- heaven is faith alone and Christ alone, period. And so MacArthur, unfortunately, makes that leap in Matthew 7, talking about obedience rather than faith. And so, you know, it, it's just very dangerous. And, and he's gone, he's made serious errors before, and he's, he's corrected them, but um, there's still a very dangerous propensity of lordship salvation to go in the wrong direction so um yeah there's there's some more detailed critiques will be coming out in the future hopefully regarding that yeah thanks for thanks for explaining that yeah so um so i want to give a thank you to ken miller he provided us some very detailed emails regarding his personal experience i think in a in a in a in a lordship church i think he's a lutheran pastor now yeah and so, um, and he was also grateful that we talked, you know, about some of the, the, you know, some of our critiques uh, and mentioning some of the really good articles on the Trinity Foundation where um, they critique, uh, you know, MacArthur's faulty view on, on things like, you know, faith and his view of salvation and things like Matthew 7 and things like that. So, um, so give, I want to give a thank you to Ken Miller for that. Um, we are hopefully going to address some of those, those things that he mentions in a future episode um so going on to our next email um i think we have 
here adrian from bristol uk he says thank you for your ministry greetings from the spirit of life church in bristol uk so thank you very much adrian for your encouragement um, that's that's pretty exciting that people from all across the world are uh, listening to us so that's that's very humbling so we've also got but i don't think we addressed this email uh we got an email from christopher uh, he says, hi, I came across this article from Ligonier Ministries implying that sainthood is attained through human effort and thought one of you might want to respond to it. So he posts an article from Ligonier and I, I don't think that's what they intended to say. I think uh, it's called Attending the School of God. It's by R.C. Sproul. It was published December 2nd, 2017. I don't think that's what they meant to say. I think that what they meant to say is that um, sanctification is just, it involves work. And, you know, there's, we've talked about that as well. Like there's, there's the, the, the issue of whether our works um, increase our sanctification. I don't think that's the case. I think our good works are the fruit of our sanctification, that we are primarily sanctified by the truth of God's word. That's what Christ said, sanctify them in the truth. So the primary means of our sanctification is the Bible. It's the truth. And the secondary means would be like uh, those God, those spiritual disciplines that are conducive unto godliness. Because the Bible does say, I think in Timothy, to exercise yourself unto godliness. So reading the Bible, attending the public preaching of God's word, corporate fellowship, all of those things increase your sanctification in a secondary sense because you they are means by which you receive the word. So um, any comment on that, Tim? No, I, I would agree with that. Um, I... I do remember seeing that. I, I didn't have time to go back and look it up, uh, what he was referring to. So I'm glad that we're addressing it now. I, I think uh, Doug Dalma uh, had a good article on sanctification. So um, I'll, I'll ask him about it, and hopefully we can talk about it again sometime. Yeah, the, he was. they were basically the, – the point of the article was kind of to point out that we be um, – this issue of like uh, – of, a quick and dirty culture that has everything in five easy steps and that sanctification is that simple you just five easy steps and it's it's obviously a struggle i think that's what they were emphasizing that sanctification is a struggle it's an ongoing struggle of mortifying the flesh and things like that and so um so the article actually wasn't that bad it's just maybe they took a that some of the wording may have been a little bit uh confusing but um, it wasn't that bad uh but thank you thank you chris for your email christopher yeah, and let me uh, let me point people to uh, Doug Dalma's uh, Place for Thoughts blog, and uh, he wrote an article called Sanctification, Clark Robbins, and John Piper, and then he wrote a, another one on sanctification and its means. I thought those articles were very helpful, so uh, just want to point people out uh, to Doug. And, and you know, man, that's that's what we want to do. We want to point people to other you know writers and podcasters that we think are great you know i think doug's got some really good stuff uh but yeah yeah i'll give him a shout out in a little bit let's uh let's go ahead and finish with the emails <laughs> yeah no we actually talk about i think i actually quote i talk about this issue in the piper critique because it's 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 relevant to the whole issue of sanctification versus justification and i think i do refer to doug's article um in the article in in my critique as well so yeah, it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good article uh, that deals with some of this stuff. And so, <clears throat> the next e uh, email comes from Phil Goodman. 
he's got he was just basically thanking uh tim kaufman for i'll just read it it says hi tim i'm just so pleased with the answers given to my questions they were in-depth clearly described and well thought out i'm very impressed with tim kaufman both in his presentation and the podcast on the catholic faith you guys do a great job god bless regards phil so yeah that you know we very highly encourage you all to you know once again check out tim kaufman's uh, episodes and articles they are outstanding he's very well he's been thinking and writing over this he's been thinking this stuff over for decades and he's very well prepared so um, he's got a lot of great stuff there so make sure you check him out on our uh, on the website let's see so i think the next one Oh, yeah. So the next one, we got a really interesting email uh, this year back in May uh, from Adam. His uh, He was saying, hello, I am a longtime listener of SRR. That's Semperar from on the radio. And I love the new website. If you guys ever need anyone to transcribe your podcast, I'd be happy to offer my services. Thank you. And may God bless your ministry. Regards, Adam. So and this was really interesting. We kind of had an exchange with uh adam he's, he seems like a really cool guy um that would be awesome if we could get somebody to um transcribe our podcast and we can put them up on the website that that would be fantastic so i'm gonna hopefully see if we can follow up with adam about that um that would be very exciting to a very nice addition to um to the website so hopefully we can make that happen in the near future so the uh did you, did you want to add to that tim no, no, I, I, I just appreciate that. Yeah. I just wanted to know that. Yeah, very encouraging. So uh, the uh, next email is from Tony. She's been putting out some pretty good uh, critiques, I think, about John this whole new Calvinism stuff with John Piper and Keller and things like that. So Right. Uh, she's got some good stuff. And uh, she, she sent us a, a pretty interesting email as well. Um, she says, Dear Brothers in Christ, thank you for your faithfulness to the scriptures with regard to false teacher John Piper. Dr. E.S. Williams partnered with Enoch Burke in England recently to hand out warning flyers and warn conference goers of the London Men's Convention in Westminster about the dangerous theology of John Piper. Piper was the keynote speaker at the 2018 conference, which draws pastors and churchmen from all over the world. Dr. Williams is, is the elderly gentleman holding the yellow sign in the below photo. Um, Dr. Williams is an elder at the Metropolitan Tabernacle who has produced some great work warning about the New Calvinist and Piper, which, by the way, I think Metropolitan Tabernacle, that was Spurgeon's church. So um, that's an interesting um, interesting note there. Um, so then he's, she says, his comrade at the conference has recently published a new book warning about John Piper. Uh, it's called the, the Pied Piper. Is John Piper in the New Calvinism? Destroying the Church. This is December 2017 uh, by Enoch Burke, uh, published by Burke Publishing. So that would be be a very interesting read. I'd like to get my hands on that one. Um, uh, I hope you will share this information with your listeners the next time you are warning of Piper or the New Calvinist movement. I emailed Dr. Williams when I saw this photo on social media, and he said they passed out 700 flyers, interacted with many of the conference goers, directing them to the various videos and websites warning about John Piper. Praise God for these men of God and for your faithful ministry. Blessings, Tony Brown. Yeah, so thank you very much, Tony, for that encouraging email. Um, Dr. E.S. Williams has some outstanding articles uh, critiquing, uh, ranging, you know, the, the whole gamut of New Calvinists. And uh, I think his website is newcalvinist.com. And I will put, try to put the link up on the show notes 
Um, we've we've quoted Dr. Williams in some of our articles as well, the, uh, specifically the Tim Keller articles. He has some excellent critiques of those guys, so make sure you check out his website. Very grateful for him and for his work, and maybe we can even get him on the show someday. We'll have to see if we can reach out to him. That would be an honor. Um, so where? Okay, so they were passing out 700 flyers, and I'm trying to look at this email now. Um, where were they at? It was at a conference. Yeah, I think uh, um, in Westminster. And was Piper? London was Piper one of the Man's speakers convention there? Was, he was the keynote. Oh speaker, man, yeah. dude, I am so over conferences. Like, yeah, I yeah, mean, a... they. Uh, there's probably like one or two conferences at most that I know of that would be decent or, or well worth your time. But there are so many, I mean, you, I really think that they seem to do more harm. Yeah. I really think that, that conferences are the way in which false teaching is infiltrating the church today. It's like, we want to partner with so-and-so because they're, they've got a big name, they've got a big platform and what I've noticed is like, I, I don't think John MacArthur really has a whole lot of time in his ministry to, you know, filter through Tim Keller's stuff and filter through, uh, John Piper's stuff. And so they do these conferences and it's like, I don't think they're taking a very good look at who's in the conference and what they're teaching. And, you know, it's like, I, I, I think if you're a, if you're a big time pastor and you've got, uh, people asking you to do conferences. I, I'm just like, I I think that you need to put some people on your staff to look at some of the other teachers that are there because, frankly, I wouldn't – I mean, when, when you invite some of these pastors and teachers to these big conferences, I mean, we go back to John Piper being, uh, a, you know, one of the speakers at uh, Together for the Gospel, and it's like, well, I mean, you, you all basically just affirm that Piper is solid on the gospel and he's not. And it's tragic. Well, we can even right, and and we can even let, let's let's give it a quintessential example of what we're talking about. Uh, G3 conference coming up next year. You have an entire range of speakers that are considered sound Orthodox Protestant, you know, leaders and theologians. And who's going to be one of the speakers there? John Piper. John Piper. Yeah. So. It's it's really this is really dangerous stuff because like you said this this is a perfect way for to validate false teachers you know you get this lineup of sound men and then you plant this 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 uh, heretical guy or this guy who has really bad false teaching about a given topic and there he is being validated by all the other men around him so that's very dangerous you know what's really interesting is that. People who are hungry, people who are looking for material to read that want to dive into their faith, they are going to get caught up with these other teachers. Um, I'll give you a prime example. When I was interested in defending my faith, I was I was uh, just I was in college and I was uh, I was taking a philosophy class. I bought Dr. Jason Lyle's book. I, I was I was you know really sort of an evidentialist. I would. I would look for arguments, you know, that about science and stuff like that. Well, I bought Dr. Jason Lyle's book. And in a footnote in his book, he talked about the great debate between uh, Greg Bonson and uh, I think it was Gordon Stein. He just mentioned that, you know, in the debate uh, between Greg Bonson and Gordon Stein, that Gordon Stein 
couldn't account for logic and therefore couldn't account for the, the, the debate itself. And, and I was, I was intrigued. So what did I do? I went and looked up Greg Bonson. I had never heard of him before, but it was in the footnote of this book. And I was like, okay, I need to look up this guy. I need to see what he has to say. And then from there, I learned about presuppositional apologetics. And then from there, I learned about Gordon Clark. And I mean, it's just, it's like you people, when they affirm each other and when they talk about each other and when they reference each other, if, if these people are hungry for, for substance, they go and they look for stuff. And so if you, if you got John Piper at, uh, at a conference, you're going to have people that are going to just go and eat up his stuff. And it's, I think it's reckless and you know, it's really funny because I really want to, uh, I want to tackle this a little bit more. Uh, but I'm just, I'm going to have to hold off for now because we're going to have to dedicate a whole episode to John Piper again. And yeah, um, yeah, definitely. but let's, uh, let's, uh, you know, I really appreciate Tony writing us this and, you know, I just wonder what reaction these people had when they were passing out these flyers. You know, I mean, people don't want to hear this people it's almost like they would rebuke Paul for criticizing the Judaizers. And you have to think these Judaizers were, they were people who were in the church who probably had status and, you know, there were people who probably didn't want to hear what Paul had to say. So um, I appreciate Tony writing us and telling us about this. Yeah, definitely. So thank you very much uh, for that, Tony. Um, And so I'm really excited about this next email as well. Um, we got a very encouraging email from uh, a gentleman by the name of Dan Rubin. He uh, he sent us this. He says, Good morning. Thank you for your hard work in exposing the error of John Piper's teaching on justification. My senior pastor and I have a blog that we use to edify our church, and we're wondering if we might have permission to repost your articles there. Blessings in Christ, Dan. So he uh, reached out to us. Uh, Dan reached out to us and, you know, asked to uh, republish the first part of my article, uh, the the what, when Protestants err on the side of Rome, uh, John Piper, final salvation and the decline and fall of sola fide at the last day. Um, so I was very encouraged by that. Um, had some exchange, uh, exchanged some emails with him. He has a they have a really neat blog. It's called Athanasius again, and uh, that's you know Athanasius uh, Contramundum, the the church father, and. Right. He they uh they have a church in I think it's in Carson City, Nevada. Um, so if you're in the Nevada area in the Carson City area, I would highly encourage you to check out their church. They they look like they're very solid uh, brothers. Um, let me see if I can pull up the site. So the the uh, yeah so the website here is their website is fbccarson.com. So their church is called <clears throat> it's called Fellowship Bible Church, and they are in Carson City, Nevada. It's 212 East Winnie Lane. Um, so, yeah, definitely, if you're in that area, they look like a very sound, very healthy church. I'm very, very encouraged by their um, by their email and by their blog. They have some great stuff. They have some really good articles, and I'm, we may even, um, I, I even might want to ask them to republish some of their articles on our website. So uh, be on the lookout for those. They have some excellent stuff out there. So check out their blog. Their blog is, um, let me see if I can 
pull it up here. Their blog is called athanasiusagain.wordpress.com. So you can check out, they have really good stuff, critiques of social social justice and a lot of the topics that we cover. So that we've also, you know, discussed as well. So I'm really encouraged by them, some, you know, fellow brothers in arms. So thank you very much, Dan. And I think the the head, the lead pastor there is uh, Michael Butler. So um, very grateful for those guys. Check them out if you're in the Carson City area. Yeah, I'm I'm really man. That's exciting that they published it on their church website. That's good for them. Yeah, yeah, very encouraging. Um, so the next, the next. Let's see. Oh wow, I don't think I saw this one. Uh, we got an email from Bob on June 25th. It says, "Dear sir, I have listened to your show quite a while now, and I wanted to thank you guys for your amazing content." Your ministry is truly a blessing. I'm a former Catholic seminarian. I converted to Rome when I was 19 and spent 11 years in Rome, three of which in the seminary. Timothy Kaufman does an excellent job of dissecting and refuting the Catholic positions. If you ever do more shows, I was wondering if you could perhaps do transubstantiation uh, versus real presence and the papacy, history, primacy, and infallibility. As these two topics um, from almost the linchpin, form almost the linchpin of Catholic apologetics. Catholics typically abuse John 6.35-51 to get their foot in the door by saying Protestants ignore the plain teaching of Scripture, then proceed to attack Sola Scriptura by pu- pushing the idea of the papacy, abusing Matthew 16.18. In the case of the papacy, anyone who watches, who's watched debates will know hard topics like purgatory and the Marian dogmas, which can't be substantiated by Scripture, patristics, history, or even common sense. Uh, always devolve into a debate of authority. You know the old church says it is so, must be true. No, I'm sorry. You know the old the church says it, so it must be true argument. Um, your polemics ministry by Tim Shaughnessy really are a blessing, not just for taking doctrine seriously, but also by not uh, kowtowing uh, popular preachers like some of the other well-known polemicists do. It sometimes feels like MacArthur is a reformed pope. Um, <laughs> Steve Matthews from Lux Lucid Radio is also a breath of fresh air. His views on ge- geopolitical matters are also very informed and balanced. I live in Turkey and have traveled the Middle East quite a bit, including sensitive countries, and his views on uh, particularly Syria are very informed, and I know openly stating them here, there in the U.S. probably didn't make him any friends. God bless you guys, and keep doing what you are doing, Bobby. Um so yeah, that's very encouraging email from Bobby from Bob. Thank you very much for that email. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I pretty much agree with a lot of what he said. Yeah, we got some great stuff from these uh, brothers on our on our network. So you know, it'd be really great because um, he was talking about like these issues come up a lot of times in debates. It would be really awesome if we could get Timothy Kaufman. Uh, and I think he's open to it, but just doing working out the logistics of it, I think would be difficult. But uh, if, man, if we could get Tim Kaufman to actually debate a Roman Catholic apologist, um, I think that'd be great because I really believe that Timothy Kaufman is one of the leading definitely apologists against Roman Catholicism today. I mean, his work is just outstanding. So. Um, yeah, and you know the the polemics uh, ministry. It's not just by me. Um, and Pastor Hines was was very very helpful with the John Piper issue. Um, and uh, you know we Timothy Timothy Kaufman actually. Um, I wrote one article against uh, Tim Keller's book, The Prodigal God, but those episodes, man, they were all Tim Kaufman. 
Uh, if you go back and you listen to our episodes, I think it was like episode number 12, uh, 15. Um, and then we even played uh, Kaufman's um, sermon. Oh, yeah, I guess it was a sermon, um, but it's found on the Trinity Foundation and in which he could a lecture. The, it was, yeah, it was a presentation from a Trinity Foundation conference. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we played that on our episode. So um, all of that, uh, all of that towards Tim, uh, towards Tim Keller was from Tim Kaufman. So I do appreciate that, but um, you know, it's, it's such a, it's a group effort because it's not, it's not just me calling people out. Um, but I, I mean, I, man, I appreciate everything that he said. It's really encouraging. Yeah. Um, sadly, I never published my article, my critique of Keller, and I'm, I'm hoping to do that as well. That's, that's pretty high on my, my, my to-do list. So I'm hoping to, to get that out. You I know there's some your book. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty unwieldy. It's, it's, I have like a hundred footnotes in there. It's ridiculous, but, um, I am hoping to, to finish that up. Um, you know, and, well, I mean, when we first started calling out Tim Keller, like nobody was seeing what we were talking about and I'm grateful at the fact that so many other people are actually starting to see the problems with Tim Keller, his Marxism. Um, you know, Tim Kaufman pointed that out and now we see a lot of other ministries actually pointing out that Tim Keller has got some issues. So, uh, I mean, take your time on that. I, I know that you've, you've got a lot in your plate. Um, and there are other people that are seeing the problems. Yeah. And, and, there were there were a handful of, of beacons of, of that were calling him out like the Trinity Foundation you know Tim Kaufman um, Paul Elliott he's he had also criticized uh, Keller I think even also uh, Ken uh, I can't remember the name exactly I think it was Ken Follett of Uprising Ministries they have a discernment blog I think and I think he passed away already but um, they have some excellent critiques of of Keller you know. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Warren, what's his name? The 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 purpose driven life guy, Rick How, Warren. Rick Warren. Uh, yeah. So that you know, th- there were a handful of ministries out there that were calling calling him out. But yeah, he's he's become a lot more overt. Um, I heard that he's been making you know ties with uh, the Revoice guys and you know things like that. So. He's he's just kind of getting getting worse, but and I'm I'm glad I'm glad that he's becoming more overt. I mean the same thing with John Piper in yeah. I think it was 2002. John Robbins wrote an article and basically said that John Piper denies the doctrine of justification by faith alone, and essentially that's what he ends up doing uh, because he cuts it off at initial justification. But you know I'm I'm grateful at the fact that yeah these guys are starting to show really what they what they believe and they're starting to make themselves they're starting to expose themselves more yep um and and that's why more people are starting to see it so yeah yeah so and and now the comment regarding steve matthews he has he mentioned the the, his episode on syria you if you haven't listened to his episode on syria you need to listen to that episode it is outstanding brilliant stuff he gives a very good uh, analysis on the situation regarding syria and how you know the media tends to choose the wrong side a lot of times it just they just choose the wrong side and they tend to distort things grossly so definitely check out steve matthews episode on on syria when you get the chance um on the lux lucid radio lux lucid radio lux lucid podcast um in uh, thorn crown ministries so um yeah very encouraging email there 
Um, our next email looks like it comes from, oh, here's another really, really exciting email. This was a very, very encouraging email uh, from Garrett Johnson. That name might sound familiar to you readers of the, the Trinity Review. Um, so he says, Dear Carlos, I recently joined your blog and was very encouraged by your new Trinity Review on Protestants erring on the side of Rome, an excellent study on the current heresies plaguing the body of Christ today. I too was raised Roman Catholic and later saved in college by the grace of God alone. In the late 70s, I helped John and Linda Robbins start the, uh, the Trinity Foundation and wrote a few reviews early on. I especially appreciate your references to the great Reformation authors on justification and the five solas. Warmest regards in Christ, Garrett P. Johnson. So I was incredibly encouraged by that. I, I was shocked that, you know, a lot of these big names, these these pretty well-known, you know, fairly well-known uh, people have been reaching out to us as a result of us publishing these articles. So I was very excited, very encouraged by that. And uh, I think, yeah, he said he read it from the Trinity Foundation because the, the Trinity Foundation uh, published part one of my critique as well on the Trinity Review. Um, that was Tom, yeah. Tom Juditis. He, he, he went ahead and published the first part of it. Um, so it's been making some inroads. And, uh, yeah, I was really grateful for that email. Um, I was going to read my response here. I was just going to uh, say, Dear Mr. Johnson, thank you for your kind words. It's very encouraging to know that someone of your caliber who also had a close friendship with the Robins liked the article. I'm planning to publish part two soon, which uncovers other fatal flaws that haven't been haven't really been addressed by others. I was also saving college during my sophomore year, and the Trinity Foundation has been one of the biggest blessings of my Christian walk. I enjoyed your articles as well, and actually plan to use the myth of common grace for our future episodes in the Clark Van Til controversy, which um, that's an article. That's an excellent article by uh, Garrett Johnson, the, the myth of common grace. And I know he, he also recently did an interview with uh, uh, Steve Matthews in the Trinity Foundation radio podcast about his, yes. his other article, which is the Christ of history or the Christ from experience. I think that's what it's called. Um, but that was yes. a great episode, yeah, so you can check that out as well on Trinity Foundation Radio. Um, so, the uh, yeah, so we definitely plan to talk about the Clark Van Til controversy in the near future as well. That's a big topic that we haven't really, uh, that we, we haven't given it the depth that we would like, and we would also hopefully get Doug Dalma to jump in on that, and Sean Garrity as well. I really want to get uh, Sean Garrity hopefully to, you know, jump on with us and, and talk about some of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, do you have anything to add? No, I was just going to uh, mention those two guys and, and say that we should have them on to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And maybe so. And, and I just finished it up. Uh, we addressed some of the con uh, some of the issues you raised in our interview with Doug Dalma. So I, I linked that, that if you haven't listened to that, that's a very good. Uh, we had a very good interview with Doug Dalma about his book, The Presbyterian Philosopher, which is about the, you know, the life and theology of Gordon Clark. Excellent book, by the way. I need. I still need to publish the review of that. Um, we hopefully we can we can, you know, get him on and discuss some of that stuff. Some of that stuff in his book as well. Yeah. Um, so, and if you're interested, it would be a privilege and honor to interview you on the podcast. No worries if you can't. But one of our objectives at Semper Reformanda Radio is to promote Gordon Clark and the Trinity Foundation to an audience that may not be familiar with them. Thank you again for reaching out in Christ, Carlos. So, thank you very much uh, again. Uh, Mr. Johnson, that was a blessing to to very encouraging email, and yeah, maybe we can even get him on get him on the show uh, one of these days too to talk about some of this stuff. 
Um, so some of the, for our next email, it looks like, yeah, we've got some, looks like we're getting close to the end here. Concerning your article, didn't you also get a, an email by Dr. Robert Morey? Yes. Um, yeah, I was looking for that. i trying to see where it is. I think I skipped it, actually. Let me see if I can find it. It's not showing up. Oh, you know why? That's because it was sent to my personal email. I got oh, the, okay. That's why I should have forwarded it. Yeah, I need to. I need to forward it. Yeah, so that we wait. What's that? Here we go. Yeah, so I got another very encouraging email from Doctor uh, Robert Morey. He uh, just a couple days, I think, after I published the article, uh, the part one. Part one of my critique, he says, he sent he sent us an email saying, I just read the article by Carlos Montijo. It was very good. In one of my latest books, The Bible, Natural, Natural Theology and Natural Law, Conflict or Compromise, I named the Roman Catholic teachers and so-called reformed colleges and seminaries. I want to send you several copies of that book. Once you have read it, get back to me so we can connect our ministries. May, may I place this article on my website? I need your mailing address to send some books to you, Dr. Mori. So I was very grateful for um, Dr. Bob Mori, uh, his email. I got a hold of him because he left me his uh, his number. So I called him up and I had a really good talk with him. Uh, very encouraged by him. Uh, he was just kind of giving some of his experiences with Roman Catholics and debating them and things like that. And he sent me a ton of really good stuff. Um, sent me some excellent books about uh, the atonement, even about the Eastern Orthodox Church. And some, uh, also some periodicals. I think he had a, I think he had a pub, he was publishing a, uh, a newsletter or like a periodical. Has some excellent articles in there. I even found some articles by Tim Kaufman. So, uh, some great stuff. Um, I'm hoping to, uh, start reading some of those books and maybe even, you know, reviewing some of them, putting them up on the website, recommending them and things like that. Um, very grateful. He was very generous. Uh, and I know he's had some health problems recently. He's been like in and out of the ER and hospital and stuff. So, uh, you know, we'll keep him in prayer and maybe we can interview him one day on the show if he's up for it. Yeah. Um, he was actually supposed to, uh, be a part of a conference that I think, uh, um, was, uh, put on by, uh, Theodore, no, Sonny, Sonny, uh, Hernandez. And I think he had to back out of it because, um, his heart issues. Um, so, Oh, that's right. I mean, every time I see what's going on on Facebook where he, he talks about that, I, I do stop and pray for him. Uh, I, I've spoken to him on the phone and he's just a very kind, you know, individual. And I, I just really appreciate whatever, whatever it is he sent to you. He sent me some stuff as well. Um, and, uh, so we're, we're very grateful for that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's encouraging getting those emails. And if you would like to email us, you can email us at semper.reformanda.radio uh, at gmail.com. And, uh, hey, let's do this, man. We want to give some shout-outs to some people. Um, who, do you, who do you want to give a shout-out to first? Well, we've, we've already kind of touched on it. But, well, to start, I didn't list this, but I do want to give a big shout-out to uh, Ryan Denton. 
of Christ in the Wild Ministries. Um, been very grateful for that brother. He's one of the most generous uh, brothers that I've met, and very grateful for him. He is largely responsible for uh, making Thorn Crown Ministries what it is today, uh, financially speaking. So I'm very grateful to him and for just uh, the partnership and the fellowship that we've had with him. And, uh, you know, looking forward to continuing to interact with him on the podcast. And uh, actually today, today there was a big, uh, you know, festival of lights, kind of like a light festival in downtown El Paso. And uh, he kind of rallied some of the brothers uh, from from the evangelism group that we have here locally. And they were out witnessing and sharing the gospel. So he's very, just a very encouraging brother. Very grateful to him and his ministry. And I think you can check him out at uh, ChristInTheWild.com. I think that's the name of his his website. Um, so very grateful to to him. Hearty shout out to to Ryan. And uh, the the next person that I actually wanted to mention, I w- we've been meaning to you know give these these shout outs for a while now. Uh, with, uh, specifically with uh, uh, Doug Dama. So I know we've already talked about him, but I, I want to talk about uh, get, draw some attention to his uh, his recent uh, undertaking, uh, namely Sola Appalachian Christian Retreat, and uh, it looks like a very cool uh, ministry that he's got that he's starting up there. It's a uh, the website you can go to is discoversola.com, and it's basically like a it's a Christian retreat center. And uh, let me just read the little paragraph here on his website. It says, Sola's plan is to build a Christian ministry center serving primarily three groups. Number one, Appalachian trail hikers. Two, Christian pastors and missionaries. And three, individuals interested in learning more about theology. We are currently searching near the North Carolina section of the Appalachian Trail for potential sites. Inspired by ministries like Francis Shaper's Labrie, Sola plans to be available as a study center for Christian topics. We will be building a library with many various Christian titles and inviting guest theologians to come speak and share discussions with visitors. So that's a very exciting undertaking, uh, you know, that Doug is uh, planning there. Uh, hope the best for him and his project. If you want to support him, if you want to find out more about what he's doing, uh, discoversola.com. He also has a blog, you know, a lot of interesting stuff going on. And, you know, Tim, you've already mentioned his other blog, the, the place for thoughts and, uh, so yeah, you can check them out. We're gonna hopefully publish some of his articles on our website soon. Yeah, yeah. We we would like to um, other other Clarkians. We would like to reach out to them and and ask them if we could publish their articles because there's some good writers out there. And um, you know if we can if we can promote them and promote what they're doing, then that's exactly what we want to do. Um, another individual is uh, Hiram Diaz. And uh, I asked him if I could <laughs> publish his article like a week ago, um, and I don't even know when this uh, this episode is going to be published. So I mean, hopefully, uh, it, you know, we can get his article up uh, in a reasonable amount of time. It it takes a little bit of time to to actually copy and paste the article to the website because we've got to make sure that all the footnotes are are in order and good. And so, um, but. His his blog I think is a uh, biblical trinitarian, and uh, he wrote on November seventh he wrote a, an article titled "Is Critical Race Theory Anti-Christian?" Question mark Yes, 
And uh, he's a Reformed Baptist. He's a Clarkian, and I think he's got some really good stuff. I've read a couple of his articles, um, you know, and, and hopefully we can put his stuff out on our website as well. So that way people can go check him out and see what he's doing. And then uh, let me see who's who's next. On yeah, the, you know what? Yeah, we, we, we may even want to interview him when we talk about the, the race issues, the social justice issues. We may even want to interview him regarding his article. It looks very good. I'll have to check it out. Yes, I do, actually. I'm glad that you said that because um, what I want to do is next year we do – I mean, we're not going to be able to keep up with Pastor Hines, obviously. But next year what I want to do is I want to sort of incorporate Steve Matthews' uh, um, format for the Trinity Foundation radio podcast into our podcast. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to interview people who've written – really great articles and just uh, interview them about their article. And that's uh, that's what uh, Steve Matthews is doing for the Trinity Foundation radio podcast. So I think it would, uh, it would make it a little bit easier on us to get some content out. These guys have written about this. They know about this, and we can just ask them questions. So, yeah, I'd love to have these guys on. Um, you know, Doug Dalma's, like, got an open invitation. Um, we just – you know, it's it's on us. I mean, we we're busy right now. And we haven't had time to set it up, but uh, hopefully, starting we're gonna get through December, and then hopefully next year we can sort of ramp things up a little bit. Um, but uh, I also wanted to give a big thanks to Tom Geoditis. He he mentioned us in the last uh, Trinity Foundation Radio podcast. Uh, it's an interview with him. Uh, he talks about the very first article that was ever published on the Trinity Foundation, which was by John Robbins. And uh, he is uh, the son-in-law to the late John Robbins. And so he gives some really great insight into that article with Steve. And uh, it's really interesting. Um, it's called the, the Trinity Manifesto, right? The Yeah, yeah. And listen to it. Uh, here's a little bit of a teaser. Uh, they tackle what is the, the greatest um, – I forgot how they put it, but what is the greatest threat or the greatest um, problem that we're facing today? And most people would say something like, well, you know, uh, uh, big government or something like that. Their answer is fascinating, um, the, the answer that they give. And so you definitely want to check that out. But um, we're very grateful for uh, Tom and all, all that he does in his ministry. And uh, I'd like to just... Uh, you know, we, we did a commercial for Tom, and uh, they were promoting the Trinity Foundation essay contest, and uh, we have the winners. Uh, they were they were announced on the 31st of October, Reformation Day. Uh, Carlos, <laughs> I'm sorry to say, man, you're not one of them. Bummer. Uh, I know you you wanted to be uh, an essay contest winner a long time ago, and you just never had the chance, but... Uh, the first place prize winner was uh, Tabitha Pigeon. The second place uh, winner was, I think, there's there's um there's an error in the name um, on the website. Um, I think it's Joan uh, Lillard. So Joan, if if we mispronounce your name, I apologize. There's an error in the uh, in the name. There, um, one of the characters didn't get um, uh, put out correctly. Um, and then the third place prize winner is, uh, Matthew, how would you say his last name? 
Yeah, I think the second place was Joni. It might be Joni Lillard. And Joni, okay. Place, uh, looks like it's Matthew Kerner, uh, okay. third place winner. So yeah, that that's pretty cool. The congratulations to them. Some young folks. I'm really. It's exciting to see young people like that that are embracing and and really grasping these ideas that are very very powerful and will you know better our our churches and the church, both church and society. Yeah. And uh, you can go ahead and read their essays at the Trinity Foundation. Um, it was over the um, uh, the Emperor Has No Clothes, Richard B. Gaffin's Doctrine of Justification. Um, and so that's a, that's a big issue right now. Uh, you can go ahead and read their articles. Um, and, uh, and also check out the Trinity Foundation radio podcast. Um, Steve Matthews is doing a great job with that whenever he has time. Um, and I mean, they're all, they're, they're updating their articles. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, I haven't even read everything on this website and, uh, the last article was by Doug Dalma. So be sure to check that out. Um, and then I think we have one more, uh, shout out. Um, we want to give a big shout out to, uh, Dudes podcast with Jonathan Vasquez and Joseph. Uh, I think these guys are doing a great job. It was really neat, man, because they went to they went to see Jeff Durbin's church. I don't know what was going on there. I forgot, but they were driving through I-10, had to pass through El Paso, and so these guys called us up and they uh they their their whole group uh met up with us. We took them to uh, Chico's Tacos. Um, and they were all kind of surprised that I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> um, I, I, they thought that I was a uh, Hispanic and, and I'm, I'm really not. They thought you were Hispanic and that I was the gringo. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> so that was a little funny. Um, but, uh, these guys are, these guys are awesome. Uh, I, I really enjoy their podcast. They're Clarkians as well. Um, uh, maybe one of these days we can even play one of their episodes. I recently listened to, um, their last one, um, uh, in which they talked about the, um, oh, what was it called? It was, uh, something about cults. Uh, I forgot the title of it. Um, like the marks of a cult or something like that. But, uh, listen to these guys. They are, I mean, their last episode, it's really incredible to see how far they've come. Uh, their church used from what it sounds like used to be a mess, They've shown a lot of humility in just walking this out. And uh, I know that they're uh, now classifying themselves as Reformed Baptists. They are Clarkians. Um, and so we're just, we're excited. We're excited to see what these guys are going to be putting out. Uh, they do a lot of campus ministries as well, uh, a lot of work on campus. And um, I think they, uh, I think they're starting a church. Um, but right now, it looks like a bunch of young people. So I think they need to go and evangelize some old people and they probably all need to get married and have kids. So that way they have more of a, you know, a fuller church. Cause right now it just, it looks like a bunch of college kids. Um, but, uh, man, we, we're so grateful for these guys and, and we really appreciate them. Um, and so theology dudes podcast, uh, check it out. Uh, they also have a Facebook group and you can, you can check them out there. Uh, and big thanks to those guys for, for contacting us when they came into El Paso. If you're ever in El Paso and you want to meet up with us, um, you know, just 
just uh, send us a message on Facebook. We'll try to try to meet up with you guys. Yeah, you can email us, and or you can also we're on Facebook, like Tim said. Uh, we're all on Facebook, so uh, you can reach out to us there. And uh, yeah, it, it was really really cool to meet uh, those brothers. They are really encouraging uh, brothers, and I was really excited to meet them. And that it, you know, it, it kind of it's a small world to, in some sense, but in another sense, it's hard to find people with similar convictions that are so closely similar in conviction so that was very exciting to get to meet them and um, yeah their latest episode was 32 the psychology of a cult yeah that was it and yeah. that's where they talk about some of their you know their, where they came from and stuff pretty crazy stuff but yeah um i actually listened to several of their episodes when i was working and i just kind of had them playing uh continually and got to listen to a good a good portion of their episodes so I, some very good stuff i really appreciate their their perspective on things they have a very solid perspective on on just a lot of the topics that they talk about is very encouraged by that and um i wanted to highlight a specific one uh where they talk about they kind of address the social justice issue with respect specifically to like the hispanic culture i thought that was excellent and um i i think i'm not sure if i the 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 feed is getting cut off here but i'm trying to see if I remember what the number was, but um, I think it was number 17, Thug Life Pilgrims. Um, yeah, it looks like it might have been that one because they talk about Thanksgiving. That's very fitting, given that Thanksgiving just passed. So if you get a chance, listen to that episode as well. They have some really good critiques of, um, you know, the whole this whole victimhood agenda, this racialism and social justice nonsense that's been getting so... Uh, uh, perpetuated in our in our media and culture so they have some really good stuff to say about that very encouraged by them yeah well i think i think we covered everything that we were going to talk about today you know uh, hopefully um we for we were going to talk about the fatal flaw in presbyterian covenant theology but it looks like the emails ate up a lot of the time so yeah we might you know what man i'm down let's go through that i I, because man, I don't know when I'm gonna get to record with you again. Um, you got a you got a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um, okay, and um, we we want to say that you know we're Reformed Baptist. Uh, Pastor Hines uh, can can respond to this, um, and uh, if if we misrepresent the 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 Presbyterian view, we will happily take correction. Um, but we are, um, you know, if he, if he has the opportunity to respond, we would love to hear what he has to say. And, uh, and I'll just leave it, leave it at that. Um, and be sure to check out his, his latest two episodes on infant baptism. Check those out. Yeah, I think, um, it looks like episode 38 of the Protestant witness is called biblical household and infant baptism. And episode 39 is Infant and Household Baptism Defended. And uh, episode 41 is Good Questions About Infant Baptism Answered. So he kind of just rolled out a series of, uh, you know, defending defending the Presbyterian view of, uh, you know, baptism and probably covenant theology as well. So, um, yeah, we're very grateful for Pastor Hines. He's got some excellent stuff. And, 
some people got confused i think about where we stand and and yeah as you said we are we are reformed baptists we are not presbyterian at least tim and i are not presbyterians but it seems like i guess everybody else on the network is presbyterian uh, pastor hines uh steve matthews who was a reformed baptist if you read his book uh, imagining a vain thing he was reformed baptist when he wrote the book but i guess he he drank the presbyterian kool-aid so um <laughs> well He's got to. He's got to be. He's got to be. Uh, he's got to hold to the Westminster Confession of Faith if he's going to be on the. Uh, yeah. On the Trinity Foundation board, which he is, and I'm not saying that that's why he did that. I, I think he was, you know, <laughs> it's funny that you say uh, he drank the Kool Aid because uh, if you listen to, um, oh, I forgot. I'm going to butcher it, but Pastor Hines has a great quote um, uh, in his, in his, uh, latest episodes where he says something to the effect of, you know, if everybody just studied their Bible and, and, uh, yeah. th they'd all be Presbyterians, <laughs> so, something like that. And so, man, we love these guys. Uh, yeah, I thought Steve Matthews was, a, was a reformed Baptist when I read his book. And then, and then, I, I mean, he's, he's obviously not anymore. So yeah, and, uh, and maybe, but you're going to, you're going to change his mind right now. Right, Carlos? Exactly. And speaking of Matthews's book, uh, we had done an interview with Steve Matthews about his book. It was an excellent interview. Excellent book, by the way, you need to get a hold of that. Yes. Uh, of that book from the Trinity foundation It's called imagining a vain thing, the decline and fall of Knox seminary. I think, I think that's what it's called. Um, great book. It's, you will learn a lot of things in there. Um, so, so very, that was a great book. And, um, I'm going to, I'm planning to interview Steve Matthews again, uh, cause we had some audio quality with the episode. So, uh, um, that's definitely at the top of my to-do list to, to, to follow up with him about that. Um, but yeah, it's cause we, and it's funny because we got a comment, we got a funny comment regarding this from Nicholas Savastano on, uh, he left a comment on one of my, uh, my one of my, on my Piper critique. He said, thank you, my Presbyterian brothers. I hope I'm regarded as a brother. I adhere to the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith. This was a very cogent. Yeah, it was kind of funny that people people were just assuming we were Presbyterian. So this was a very cogent, well-thought-out critique on Piper's view of justification. I have not read this, his material on justification, but these critiques have informed a great deal um, on Piper's erroneous views, and I would say that he is walking a heretical tightrope. I hope and pray that he will swallow his pride, yeah. be willing to, to be corrected through right teaching and recant his teachings. So, yeah, thank you very much, Nicholas, for the, your, your comments. Um, yeah, you know, I don't think he's going to recant. He's, he's been doubling down. He's been, he's been doing nothing but double down. Right. Uh, ever since he published that article, especially back in September, last September, I think he just, he's, he's only getting worse. So, um, yeah, I mean it's it's still up there. Um, it, it, that that error is so bad that you can't clarify it because it's absurd. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that more. But um, you know, I, I just want to answer one one question that somebody might have is, you know, we're Reformed Baptists. Why are we partnering with a bunch of Presbyterians? Yeah, right. Um, if I if I die tomorrow. Like I want my kids to have the stuff that Pastor Hines is addressing. He does a phenomenal job. I mean, he, talking about his his most recent episodes, he I was listening to his episodes on young earth creationism, and um, and what you know what the world has to say about that. It's fantastic stuff. If we lived if we lived in Kingsport, we would probably go to his church. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's like, I would want my kids to like have be introduced to Steve Matthews, like the stuff that he's talking about, you know, it's, it's difficult to address all of these issues. And these guys are, these guys are doing it. They're tackling it. And I want my kids to, you know, what should I think about immigration? What should I think about these political issues? It's like, I'm going to send my kids to the Trinity Foundation. It's been a huge blessing for us. And so we have, we have no problem like saying, yeah, we disagree about this. Uh, we can talk about it, but you know, I would want my kids to be introduced to the stuff that that's being put out by these guys. Uh, you know, Timothy Kaufman, his stuff on, on Roman Catholicism, you know, it's so much deeper than I could have ever gone myself. And it's like you said, he's been studying this for decades. So we are trying to put out some of the, some of the best content out there. And, uh, and really my motivation is like, this is, this is my legacy to my kids. If I die tomorrow in a, in a fire, uh, well, I, I'm actually not working tomorrow, but the next, the next shift, you know, it's like, if I die in a fire, well, that's going to suck. But, um, I want my kids to have this, this material and I want them to, to be introduced to these people. So that's, that's why we're here. That's why we're, you know, we have no problem. You know, we hold to the 1689 London Baptist confession. Um, you know, I like the Westminster confession of faith. Uh, I like the way that they word, uh, some of the stuff better in, in that one. And so, um, yeah, but we, we don't agree with infant baptism and, uh, and Carlos, we're going a little bit longer now, but, uh, you were going to give the, the fatal flaw of Presbyterianism and, uh, you know, Pastor Hines, uh, is, is we would welcome a response from him. Yeah, I did want to give a shout out to Pastor Hines, his church. Uh, he, his website is BridwellHeightsPCA.org. And uh, if you're in the Kingsport area, his, his, uh, the address of the church is 108 Bridwell Heights Road, Kingsport, Tennessee, uh, 37664. So they, they, you know, honestly, if I, and I should have qualified this, I would definitely go to his church if he, if he would let me. Because <laughs> I don't know, you know, he, being Baptist and all, I don't, you know, I don't know if he would, he probably wouldn't mind, but, um, yeah, we would have the, probably baptize our kids somewhere else or something when they turn, uh, a proper age, but yeah, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, I've been very encouraged, uh, from, with, uh, from Pastor Hyde, he's an extremely learned guy, I can't believe how much he know. he's read an incredible, amount of material like I, I asked him for recommendations for historical theology books and he just kept listing book after book after book on like like and you can tell he's read them I just it's it amazes me I'm just very uh we're just we're very blessed to to have him on our network um but given you know like you said we we have we are reformed baptist by conviction and the the our convict my convictions at least were very much solidified and strengthen after talking to Brandon Adams uh, in, our, in our recent interview with him. I just it really brought to light a lot of things that I hadn't realized um, regarding Presbyterian covenant theology. So um, while we do obviously have very close fellowship with our fellow you know Presbyterian brothers and sisters, um, we we because we have like you said we hold to the essentials of the faith, but not just the essentials of the faith. We are reformed. We are both reformed. And I would consider Reformed Baptist Reformed. I just think there is a historical argument for a Reformed 
the, the word reform historically means Presbyterians. It's, I think it was associated with uh, John Knox. Um, so a little mini historical, you know, theology lesson there. But um, so, yeah, reformed is historically associated with Presbyterians. But I think we can also own that label as Baptists, but we do have to qualify it. I don't think we can unqualifyingly use the word reform. We probably shouldn't do that because that's referring to Presbyterians. But we can use the term, I believe, reformed Baptist and qualify it with that with, you know, the Baptist. So, um, but, uh, you know, we have a lot in common. We have a lot of the similar convictions. I was talking to, you know, Pastor Hines when we, you know, after he did the debate with Brandon and, uh, just, we, we have a lot in common. A lot of our views are very similar, but there's something about Presbyterian covenant theology that Brandon brought to light that really, uh, kind of exposed a nerve there that it, it just, the, when I saw it, it just seems like the whole system falls apart. Um, I, I don't see how, and and it just mainly in the sense that it can't be reconciled. I don't see how Presbyterians can reconcile this problem. And specifically what I'm referring to is the issue of republication. And so um, we, and I know we're, we're planning, I know Tim, you're planning to publish the, the second part of our interview with Brandon. You definitely want to check out, listen to that. Um, for everybody, everybody needs to listen, to, especially Presby if you're Presbyterian, though. If you haven't thought about this issue, if you haven't thought this through, the issue of republication, you need to. Because that is, I think, the fatal flaw of Presbyterian uh, covenant theology. And the, the reason I say that is because when we're dealing with issues of covenant theology, you have the covenant of grace, which is specifically in Reformed Baptist theology, um, that it the covenant of grace is exclusively the new covenant. And I know some other Baptist views, I mean, you know, when you listen to the episode with Brandon, he kind of explains that so, so there's a little bit of variation in the Reformed Baptist because some hold to the Presbyterian, a, a closer view to the Presbyterians regarding the covenant of grace, that it includes the other covenants in the Old Testament, including the Mosaic Covenant. But the, uh, the, the, the big problem with republication is the fact that how is it possible that the Mosaic Covenant is a part of the Covenant of Grace. That's the problem. And and that's that's the big issue that I have, is the Mosaic Covenant being under the administration of the Covenant of Grace. Yeah, um, right. It's, it just seems hugely problematic to me. And I, I cannot wrap my brain around this. And uh, it seems like it's it's... It leads to a, a, a contradiction, um, an irreconcilable contradiction. Um, so when we were talking on the phone, I think you did a much better job explaining this. So I'll just let you uh, continue. Yeah, so this is going to be kind of a, a, a forward running commentary on the, the part two of our interview with Brandon. And because the, the problem the, so the OPC also published a report about republication. Uh, it's a fairly lengthy report. I think it's almost 100 pages. You can download it uh, from the OPC uh, website. And they you should definitely read that if you get the chance. So and there's basically two sides of the story, and we kind of laid them out in the in the interview. So just make sure you listen to the interview. Um, and I'm still I'm not completely decided as to where where this whole thing comes together 
uh, Brandon is a lot more convinced because he's been studying this issue for years, several years, and so he's he's been very well prepared and very well studied on the matter. But when it comes to regarding the Mosaic Covenant as part of the Covenant of Grace, you have a serious problem because how is it possible that the Mosaic Covenant, which was sealed, you know, the, the, the seal of that covenant was basically the Ten Commandments. It's, it's law. It's like all law. You know, it's law-based. It's like Leviticus 18.5, do this and live, you know. There's a, there's a works principle in the Mosaic Covenant that's simply undeniable. It is just flat out undeniable. You can't deny it. But what has happened in Presbyterianism, as I, as I, like, as I understand it, there's essentially been two schools of thought that have developed to try to reconcile that problem. And one of the perspectives is essentially the view that the Mosaic Covenant is a covenant of grace, that it has no, it has no works principle tied to it. And so that view, which I believe was also held by John Murray, and that view was has basically led to the error of the errors of Norman Shepherd and the current justification controversy. It led to a conflation of works and and faith, because it was so dangerous and damaging to say that the Mosaic Covenant is a covenant of grace, and that you know do this and live is essentially a grace principle. That it just totally confuses law and gospel. It blurs everything together, and it, it just it creates. It's, it creates false teaching. It leads to false teaching. And there's a very good article on the Trinity Foundation website written by Mark Carlberg. And Carlberg, um, uh, I, guess, I can't remember what it's called. But uh, it, it, we talk about it in the part two of the interview. But he he he, he kind of catalogs the, the history of behind this and uh, how it kind of led to the, the, the false teaching of Norman Shepherd and all of the, you know, the subsequent mess that happened at Westminster Seminary as a result of this view. And so that if you, you know that view of reconciling the the Mosaic covenant with the covenant of grace um, created that serious of a problem. Now the other way to reconcile it has been essentially represented by uh, Meredith Klein. And so Meredith Klein his view is, is basically the more biblical view. It's the more it's the more it's the more biblical view. But it still creates a problem because he held to the view that the Mosaic Covenant is still part of the Covenant of Grace. It's just that he had to kind of divert. So Brandon basically says that Meredith had to diverge on the original Westminster Confession on certain parts because they held to a very, uh, I guess, a very uh, sort of like a rigid view of seeing the Mosaic Covenant as a, a Covenant of Grace. And if you want more information on 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 this topic and Meredith Klein, there's a very good podcast dedicated to the theology of of Meredith Klein called uh, I think it's called the Glory Cloud Podcast. It's by a uh, one of I think one of Meredith Klein's uh, students, or I don't know if it was a direct student, but they were they're they're basically kind of like uh, proteges of 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 Klein, and so. Uh, and, and so was Carlberg. Carlberg is another one of the. He was on Klein's side. He took Klein's view regarding uh, this issue, because Klein essentially they tried to sort of uh, explain that the Mosaic Covenant is kind of a mixed covenant. That you have 
yes, it, it has works tied to it. There is a, a works principle in the, the Mosaic Covenant, but the underlying aspect, the underlying covenant, the underlying principle is that of grace. And, and by that they mean that the Abrahamic Covenant underlies the, the Mosaic Covenant such that there are grace aspects even in the Mosaic Law, like uh, you know the sacrifices, the sacrifices were for forgiveness of sins, things like that. So they try to they try to somehow reconcile this this tension between it being a a covenant of works and a uh, uh, but still being a part of the covenant of grace. And so, to me, this doesn't actually solve the problem. I mean, I guess in some ways you could try to redefine the the you would have to I guess modify or or clarify the Westminster Confession. I and I believe that's what Karl Berg says. Like this this is something that. Presbyterians need to draw attention to and to reconcile because it hasn't been fully developed. Now, Brandon has an interesting take on this because he says that it has been developed and that it's it's basically it leads to saying that 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 the the confessional view is that the, there is no um, that the original Westminster view was that there was no legal there was no works principle tied to the the Mosaic Covenant something like that. But the problem again is that it so clearly works. It, it, there's so clearly a works principle tied to that covenant. I mean, the Leviticus 18:5 again. It says, "Do this and live." It's clearly law and works based. And uh, by the way, R. Scott Clark is also on the Meredith Klein side. He's more on the Klein Klinian, you know, side of this. So there, there, there's a controversy about this regarding specifically the history of Westminster Federalism or covenant theology and what they originally intended and um, so it looks like there needs to be clarity on this issue uh, more more drawn out more developed so that so that people don't end up on the wrong side of the fence like uh, the the Murray you know the 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 extreme view that says that there is no works principle at all in the Mosaic Covenant so um, the, it's just an to me it's an irreconcilable contradiction because the the New Covenant is by grace through faith alone. You know the 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 works principle does not. It, it, you don't get in by works. You don't stay in by works. It has. It's not by works. It's by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone. And so, um, with that understanding in mind, the, and it's the covenant of grace. You know, it's it's supposed to be the uh, grace. And so, how can it be grace if it's you know you, the Mosaic covenant is so clearly talking repeatedly about conditions that if you follow the laws you will be blessed and if you don't you're going to be damned and cursed and so on and so forth so um, it's just such an incredible it, it really helped talking to Brandon through this and it brought a lot to light to me that I didn't that I hadn't even really fully uh, it hadn't fully hit me yet and seeing that now I see why how that that is a serious problem i don't see i just don't think it's a reconcile i don't even think it's reconcilable i just don't think you can reconcile the mosaic covenant somehow tie that into the covenant of grace it's just i don't see i don't think it's possible not without not without some you know you would have to break it up into pieces and you know things try to basically some of the stuff that klein uh, tried to do and r scott clark and you know the the uh, carlberg like they're, they're trying to i guess in some sense uh, develop and reform and uh, sort of solidify this this crucial aspect of uh, Presbyterianism that just doesn't appear to be properly reconciled. 
you know, ultimately, I don't think they can do it. You know, they've tried, and I don't, I don't think it's possible. I just think the the Reformed Baptist view is so much more consistent and solid with the the, the sharp distinctions and contrasts between the old and the new covenant, and that uh, I just, I think that it just, it, it, there's, there's a huge gaping. There just, it's just a huge contradiction there that I, I don't think. I don't think they can reconcile that, but yeah. So definitely, uh, you you'll want to listen to that episode. Um, it, yeah. it was excellent stuff. I, I hope we can get Brandon on uh, again in the future. I know he, we can get we get very busy, but um, <clears throat> we may have to also publish some of his articles on our website. But he has a lot of really good. He's written a lot about this topic, and I you know highly encourage everybody to to you know seek his uh, seek his material out, read it, digest it. I mean, it's a lot of good stuff. There, there's a lot to talk about here, you know, because there's different sides going on, and the, the, it gets kind of heated, you know, with the in this in those Presbyterian sides with respect to this, and a lot of issues involved. But um, ultimately, the problem is just to me, it just seems like an insuperable problem for Presbyterians. Yeah, I uh, I agree. Um, well, I, I really don't have anything to add to that. Um, but did you have anything more to say on that? Just that we do plan to, uh, I do hope to write about this topic. You know, we obviously we, we have very close fellowship with Presbyterians, and I I wanna I wanna kind of solidify this in my own mind and and write about this uh, and and also discuss it once I finish reading. I haven't finished reading the OPC report on republication, and from what I've already seen, especially specifically in Carlberg's critique of the report they do appear to misrepresent Klein in certain areas. So you have to be careful with that. But um, uh, you, you kind of need to read that. that. That sets up a lot of the context for what the controversy is about. So, um, I, you know, we are planning to, to talk more about this in the future. Um, but, but yeah, it, there's just a lot of issues involved with this. And, you know, we're talking about big picture things, how you reconcile the whole Bible, basically, you know, so... The, the the infant baptism stuff as well is obviously tied to this, but it's really a result of your view of the covenants and uh, how closely you see them tied, specifically the old and the new covenants together. So um, it just kind of really draws out the main issue, the main issue in Presbyterian covenant theology. And that's really the big, pro- that really is the big problem is how do you reconcile that, you know, that Mosaic covenant to the covenant of grace. And um, so definitely interesting stuff. To, to, to look forward to in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, we both, uh, hope to read some more on this whenever we have time. Um, but that's, that's where we're at right now. Yeah. And just a, a quick, a quick reference. If you want some good material, we'll try to list it in the show notes as well, but if you want some good material, a very good place to start for, uh, for reformed Baptist, um, for reformed Baptist, uh, theology, like a primer is a Pascal Denault's book, uh, the distinctiveness of, uh, I think it's called the distinctiveness of 17th century Baptist covenant theology, the distinctiveness of Baptist covenant theology. I think it's called, um, you, it's really cheap on Kindle. I think it's like four bucks. You definitely want to get, get a hold of that book. It's an excellent book. I've read through some of it already. I need to finish it still, but, um, he does a great job outlining the differences and, and kind of comparing and contrasting the different covenants and how they view them. So that's a great place to start um, for, for more on this on this topic. Yeah. 
Um, let me just look at one more thing and then uh, we will go ahead and close out. I want to, let me see, let me see, hold on. Oh, I thought the Trinity Foundation was still doing their book sale. They are. Yeah, they have a, they have a sale going on for the rest of the year. A 2018 half year resource sale, 50% off list price of several titles, you know, ranging from the, you know, against the churches, several good stuff here, Christian philosophy, Christian view men and things. They have a lot of good titles on yeah, half off. So take advantage of that. A lot of good resources there. Yeah, definitely. Um, these are, these are quality books. Um, and so if they're being sold at half off then, uh, or even at a 25% discount, then you definitely want to take advantage of that. And I do want to say this. I wanted to say this earlier about the Trinity Foundation. Honestly, if you read the stuff on the Trinity Foundation, their articles, their lectures, their books, you would get a 10 times better seminary education than you would in basically any seminary in the country. I mean, these guys are so outstanding that um, I really highly, highly recommend that people, you know, dive into their material, their resources. They just have its outstanding stuff. I, there, nobody, uh, nobody else has that that level of richness and just outstanding uh, systematic uh, uh, development of sound doctrine that I have seen in, in any other ministry than in the Trinity Foundation. So I really heartily recommend them to our listeners, as you all probably have heard us say before. Um, so that, and the other note I just wanted to mention, um, I kind of misread the the verse in Leviticus 18.5. It, it doesn't say, it doesn't say do this and live. I think that that was, Christ had said that, you know, when he, I think when he was talking to the rich young ruler, but the verse specifically says, uh, you shall therefore keep my statutes and my rules. If a person does them, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. So, so yeah, that's the kind of that verse is a key verse used in uh, showing, illustrating how there's a works principle clearly tied to the co the Mosaic covenant. Right, and and in the in the new covenant it says the uh, the the righteous shall live by faith. Exactly. Um. So. All right. Well, let's go ahead and close it out, and uh, we will check everybody next week. Uh, I'm going to steal this from Steve Matthews' podcast, the Trinity Foundation Radio. Remember, the Bible alone is the Word of God. Amen. God bless. Amen.